Hey cuties, welcome to another episode of Mimi Said What? I'm Mimi Robinson, and this is my show where I have unfiltered girlfriend chatter. I'm a dope-ass black woman who happens to be a wife, a mom, and still have a life of her own. Mimi update. So this week has been rather low-key. Now, I had one point I told you about um, in the last episode about how I had been shopping for Halloween decor. By the way, I've still been doing that. And how I had this great idea of how we're going to celebrate Halloween at home that I thought it was such a dope idea that I should pitch it to um, my segment producer on one of the local news stations I tend to frequent. And just like I said, I did. And guess what? Ow! I got a segment coming next month, (laughs) a whole ass month early. Yes, I pitched and booked a whole ass news segment a month in advance, but it's going down. So when we get closer to time, I'll definitely let you guys uh, let you guys know about it and how you can watch. Obviously, if you're in the D.C. area, it's really easy um, to just turn the TV. If not, you can watch online. And if you don't catch it there, you can set your DVR. And I always repost the segments after they air. So there's that. So nailed it. Um, last week was a much better week for me than the previous weeks. I knocked out my to-do list. Um, I didn't feel overwhelmed like I had really been feeling the last couple of weeks. So it feels good to kind of have the old me back a little bit. Um, I went to the at-home store. I don't know if you guys have at-home stores in your area, but we definitely do. It's a warehouse-style store. It's it's everything. It's Hobby Lobby meets Home Goods meets TJ Maxx meets Bed Bath & Beyond meets, I don't know, a little bit of everybody. They have home decor. They have um, seasonal decor. They have wall hangings. They have furniture. They have plants. They have um, Christmas decorations, which is what I bought, and Halloween, which I also bought. But they even have like the cute, you know, like glass kind of decor. But they also have the big ass blow up joints you can put in your front yard if that's your zhuzh. Um, It's just, I don't know. It's a store that I don't frequent at all because they aren't conveniently located to me. But when I go in there, I always leave out with some gems and the prices are really, really good. So I needed some self-care this week. So um, one day after I got off the clock for the nine to five, I just drove out. It's probably about 30 minutes. Got me something to eat on the way. It's fall here, y'all. I don't know what your weather is like, but it is fall. I think right now it is 65 degrees outside and I'm in the D.C. area. Like I said, specifically, I live in Maryland. Um It's fall. Now, I'm not tripping because I am a jogger and a hooded sweatshirt kind of girl. You should be following me at Mimi Cute Lips on social. And you see, I have been posting my outfits because as much as I like to get fancy and girly and do the most, I also love a good hoodie, a sneaker and a jogger. So um, that's my look the whole the whole fall, winter. Um, now when it gets cold, cold, I do tend to swap out my sneakers for Uggs, but yeah, um, I'm still getting away with my Crocs though. I can put on socks, (laughs) socks and Crocs, um, and, and still keep it funky. But yeah, I am excited that fall officially arrives, um, today or tomorrow. Um, and it's the most glorious time of the year. So stay tuned for more, but that is all the Mimi update that I have for this week. 
Okay, let's get into some pop culture. So there are always things going on, um, but let's see. So Naomi Osaka won her second U.S. Open. She beat out a girl named Victoria in the final round of the women's, women's single match, which was dope. This is Naomi's third Grand Slam title. Um, and she won in 2018 and 2019. U.S. Open, yeah, and then the Australian Open. So um, kudos to her. She's killing it. I know she's still re- relatively new to the world on such a big scale, but um, she's like, hello, how you doing? <laughs> Sister's out here doing it too. Um, okay, what else? Girlfriends. So, well, not girlfriends. Mara Brock Akil created the show Girlfriends, and I honestly, I love her work. So Mara created Girlfriends. She created Being Mary Jane. She created the game and she created Love Is. Love Is was one of my favorite shows of all time. And then her husband got into some allegations and such. And the show ended up being canceled as a result of. It was never finished. Now, of all the shows I just rambled on, the game is the only one that I did not watch. I've seen every episode of Girlfriends, which is out and available on Netflix now. Being Mary Jane, I binged literally like only a couple years ago. And when it first came on or out, I just wasn't into it. Then I started watching it, binged the whole thing, was blown because that was yet uh, another show of hers with no ending. And then finally they came back and gave us like a movie ending, which I also enjoyed. So I am a big fan of Mars style of art. And now she has landed herself a deal with Netflix. I'm so hella excited about this. So she said um, in an article that she is excited to have a home that will allow her to have creative freedom and support to do what she does best. And that is to paint portraits portraits and murals of women, black people, and anyone else whose story is missing from this golden age of television. Such a class act. Love her. I can't wait to see what she comes up with. I'm sure I will be tuned in and I will be sure to also make sure that you are tuned in. So let's see what else is going on. Oh, so Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I told you last um, episode that they were celebrating their 30th anniversary. And in that anniversary, they had a HBO Max special that's supposed to come out. I don't know when that's coming out. But what they did was they partnered with... um, Airbnb, I suppose. Okay, so in the opening sequence of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, we all see this big-ass mansion, right? And it is to be the home in which they lived in for the show. Well, the homeowners of this house has flipped it to an Airbnb. I don't know. It may be an Airbnb just off the regular at this point now, but it is available to rent as an Airbnb for $30 a night. How dope is that? Okay, it comes with some restrictions, of course. All good things come with a catch. So you have to live in LA County and they will verify it. You can only stay one night, Um, but it looks really, really dope. So Will and Jazz have posted a picture outside. Now, naturally, this is only the exterior shot that you see in the opening sequence. The show was actually filmed on a studio lot. You guys are smart. You already knew that. So the inside looks different. Um, But there are a few other dope amenities that came along with it. But I thought that was like a really fun way to celebrate their anniversary. 
All right, that's it, that's all. Blackish. So Blackish is getting ready to come back this fall. And on October 4th at 10 p.m. on ABC, they have a special animated episode. So, you know, it's normally just a regular scripted non-animated show but for whatever reason they're doing an animated special um I saw a picture of the cast an animated picture of the cast that Marseille Martin posted to her social and it looks really really cute honestly I don't know what the premise is for this particular episode but they're always really really creative and um I always like to see what they come up with so I definitely will be tuned in for that and then we can talk about it Also, Issa Rae posted to her Instagram that Insecure is currently doing table reads for season five. Woo! Thank God we don't have a long wait this time. We had like a two-year wait the last time or something crazy. But um, I absolutely enjoyed the last season. I think they did such a dope job with the storyline. Hopefully in season five, Molly will have her come to Jesus moment and get her shit together and stop being a shitty ass friend. So we'll have to stay tuned to see how that plays out. But it was nice to see they getting back to work, y'all. All All right, what else? Oh, there is, I think it's a movie. It may be more of like a docuseries. It's called Charm City Kings. And um, it's based on, well, for those of you who don't know, Baltimore is, I guess, affectionately known as Charm City. And so this is a movie that Jada Pinkett Smith had a hand in. Obviously, she's local. And also um, Philly. I'm trying to think of his name. I can't think of his name at the moment. He's also in the show. Um, So if you aren't familiar... There is a um, there is a culture, I'll say, in Baltimore of like um, I want to refer to them as like young boys. They ride dirt bikes and all of this other stuff. Right. Uh, Meek Mill. Meek Mill is the person I could not think of. Um, And so they're kind of just Meek Mill is in the movie. And they're sharing some of the story just about the culture and the life. Now, I don't know the storyline in any greater detail, but um, my husband went to college. He went to uh, in Baltimore. He went to Morgan State. And so he was wanting to see it, you know, while he was in college. He would see the young boys out there on their bikes doing tricks and stuff like that. So we'll definitely check it out. And now we officially know that it will be available on October 8th. So just in a few short weeks, that will come out. So we can come back and talk about that. And I guess um, the biggest thing of the weekend is probably the Emmys. Now, my podcast episodes drop on Monday. Mm -mm. See how I can keep up? They drop on Monday. And I'm actually recording this on Sunday. So the Emmys don't air until Sunday night. So by the time you listen to this episode, I would have already missed the live-ish episode. (laughs) recording of it so we'll have to see how that part all shakes out but on Saturday night they made a few announcements of some of the Emmy wins so Eddie Murphy won his first Emmy pause for reaction were you like me were you like what how is it that Eddie never won an Emmy before like of all the body of work that Eddie Murphy has put together how is it that Eddie Murphy is just now winning an Emmy. Like my mind is blown when I saw that in a costume Oscar winner costume director uh Ruth Carter posted celebrating him and I was just like damn Eddie 
I'm sure he's won some other accolades, but it just it just seems strange that he has never won an Emmy. I would imagine that he have won would have won uh, all kinds of awards and accolades up to this point because his career is extensive, but I guess not. So Insecure also secured their first Emmy for Outstanding Single Camera Picture Editing for Comedy Series. I don't know why the Emmys always has these long ass dramatic ass titles for these categories. I imagine that some old white men came up with these. Um, they're they're extra, <laughs> like hella extra. Anyways, Ron Cephas Jones also won another Emmy. I think this is his second um, for guest actor in a drama. And he was in This Is Us. For those of you who don't know his real name, he played the character William in This Is Us. Um, he's one of my favorite old black men in Hollywood. Like you kind of just see their face all the time. Um, but you may not know their real name. So the super dope thing is his daughter, Jasmine Cephas Jones, also won an Emmy last night. It was her first for Outstanding Actress in a Short Form Comedy or Drama Series. And she was in a show called Free Rayshawn, uh, was hashtag Free Rayshawn. And it was a, a series on Quibi, which is a streaming platform. I've never seen it, but she won. I thought that was really dope. Now, if you don't know who Jasmine is, she was also in Hamilton. And she also dates Anthony Ramos, who was in Hamilton. I know I have talked about that before. And um, scrolling the gram, unbeknownst to me, like I like to do, um, I discovered that Ron was her father. And I was like, oh, wow, that's so dope. So Ron and Jasmine together are the first father and daughter to ever take home the gold in the history of the Academy. That's pretty dope. So um, the Emmys, like I said, they air. Uh well, will have aired Sunday night. And it will be interesting how that shakes out. So Jimmy Kimmel is hosting the show from the Staples Center. I, um, I'm okay with Jimmy Kimmel. Um, he, he's fully aware of his privilege. And he also, you know, calls out some things. Um, he shakes sh- some shit up. And I like people who shake shit up. Um, and he's in a position to do so. So it'll be interesting to see like what his monologues are like with all of, obviously the pandemic is still going on and all that other stuff. So he will be doing it by himself in the sense that, you know, normally they have an audience and everyone will be in their own respective places. So to pull this off, if they actually pull it off, the producers sent out more than 130 cameras to all the nominees that span 10 countries Mm, I hope this goes well (laughs) so it is a virtual event in all ways possible now I know we've had some other awards shows that took place um virtually and they all worked out so Jimmy Kimmel was uh quoted to say that he's prepared for a beautiful disaster (laughs) hopefully it's not a disaster um but some of the nominees will actually receive like an Emmy knock at that at their door and telling them that they won. So that should be really fun to see. Um, I don't know if they're going to get all fancy and glam or if they're going to be in a best flannel pajamas or what. But uh, I don't plan to watch them. 
so there there won't be much of a recap in the next episode. <laughs> like I said, I've shown I've shared the ones that they already did. Now, unless it's somebody so incredible that I love, then I would mention them. But other than that, I don't plan to actively sit and watch um, the Emmys. The my favorite part of the award shows in the past was always the red carpet, and without that, eh, not really interested. So that's it. That's all for pop culture. I lied. I forgot to talk about Cardi. Do y'all want to talk about Cardi? I feel like I don't want to talk about Cardi, but it is indeed pop culture. So we can talk about the fact that she is, uh, she has filed for divorce from her husband offset. I can't talk today. I don't know what's going on with me. Um, and in true internet fashion, people were giving her shit about it. They were quoting her songs. You know, there's the part in there where she don't cook, she don't clean, and she still got a ring, and people were coming for her. Now, Offset has uh, publicly acknowledged, as has Cardi, that he has cheated in the past. Um, but I love Cardi because Cardi is always honest, and she doesn't feel like she has to. Well, one, she didn't have to explain why she was getting a divorce. That's her business. Nobody has to know why she chose to get a divorce however she decided to share it probably because people keep making all these damn comments about her and why they don't stick together and all this other shit so she was just like she tired of arguing she don't want to get up and wake up and argue with somebody every day all day and so it's not working out and I think that's very honest I think that's very admirable and I think everyone should operate with that same attitude all right so let's get into what Mimi is watching so I'm still watching a black love documentary. I told you I am obsessed with that show. I absolutely um, soak up every single episode. The last episode that I watched was about mental health. That was episode three of the fourth season. And it was just so good. They talk about mental health in all capacities. So there are couples who share their struggles with uh, mental health. Um, some of them were like depression based on trauma. Some of it was depression based on life events, um, like something traumatizing that recently happened. Uh, one of them was surrounding pregnancy, but they really just dug deep into how it affected their relationship, how they noticed the changes in individuals. And it was just a really good inf- a good information that they shared. Um, if you've never been down that road, which most of them had not prior to the, these experiences with themselves or their spouses. Um, it was just a wealth of, of knowledge. I always say I love this show because it's like free therapy, but it gives you some insight. Maybe that's not your story right now, but maybe it just makes you a little more acutely aware if some of these things begin to manifest within yourself or your partner or someone you know and love. And you might think back, hmm, when I was watching Black Love Document, so-and-so was saying this is what started to happen that led to this maybe you know this is a sign or something that I should take note of so I haven't watched the most recent episode I think it's on a break for like two weeks or something like that Um, I remember at the end of this episode it gave us a specific date for the next episode and they don't usually do that Um, so even if you don't watch the show like each episode is individual it does kind of build on a previous episode sometimes but not always you could definitely watch a standalone episode and not feel lost um and still feel like fulfilled like okay I know what's going on and everything like that so I highly recommend the black love documentary 
Okay, so um, there was a own special that came on and it was titled They Call Me Dad. And I had seen the promos for this a while ago and I was really excited to watch. Now, I have not actually watched. I'm going to watch later on today. It is still sitting on the DVR. But They Call Me Dad follows five celebrity fathers that most of us know and kind of talk about their journey beginning to end. Well, not end. Obviously, they're still in the, in the process of fathering, but the beginning, how it came to be up to like where they are now, right? So um, one of the guests is, well, I won't guess. One of the fathers, there we go, is Kirk Franklin, who is a gospel entertainer. He's one of my favorites. Um, and he became a father at 17. So he kind of talks about that in the beginning, lets you know, like where his headspace, where's anybody's headspace at 17 when you find out you're about to be a parent, right? So he kind of shares that and then, you know, how things have uh, unfolded and obviously more children. Then there's D-Nice, whose real name is Derek. Um, and I guess the world knows him now as a celebrity DJ, but he was a rapper in Boogie Down Productions. And because my folks' home, my first home was the Bronx, I absolutely uh, knew him from that first before he even became a DJ. Um, and so he is the father to two girls. And then there's T.D. Jakes, who is a bishop, an author, and a filmmaker. Um, I don't know a lot about him. I think I've told y'all before, I love shows that allows me to see some of my favorite Hollywood people, or not even just favorite. I really enjoy my favorites, but I just like when you get to sit down and see them in their everyday element and not when they're on, right? Because they're not on stage working or doing whatever it is that they do for a living. Um, you get to know them as a person. And I always love to see that. Like, what is there? You know, your family will keep you grounded. I don't care how successful you get. They will bring you all the way down. And so I like to see, like, how does your family dynamic work? And what does that look like? So this um, show definitely allows you to do that. And it's nice to celebrate some black men. So also there's Anthony Hamilton, which is another one of my favorites. He's a singer and songwriter. And I did know that he was a father of six boys. I didn't know that he became a father at 16. That's tough. Um, <laughs> so yeah. And then there's Malcolm Jenkins. He's the only person that I did not know. And he is an NFL safety and activist. So like I said, I'll talk about it a little more in the next episode after I have watched it. But if you've watched it, let me know what you thought about it. And if not, you can check it out. But it does come on own. So last week I told you that I had the episode of Tyrese Uncensored on the DVR and I hadn't watched. But I told you that I was going to feel away if they did not talk about his Coca-Cola commercial and not just talk about it. Like I wanted to see the commercial. And so this is an update. They did not disappoint. They did not disappoint me at all. They uh, He told the story of how it came to be, which was a really, really dope story because he was hella late. He had no way to get there. The lady had already packed up her stuff and everything. And he convinced her to just let him sing. No, she asked him to do a warm up and he began to sing. And sis was like, uh, she didn't even say anything. She just started unpacking her equipment. So he already knew he was on to something. And then obviously that's how the world became, uh, came to know Tyrese as the Coca-Cola boy. The cute black boy with the beautiful smile singing. 
uh, on the back of the bus. What was interesting that I didn't know is he said it was really hard for him to then pivot into just being an R&B artist after doing that commercial because nobody saw him beyond um, Coca-Cola, right? Beyond just singing on the bus. They didn't take him seriously. So his journey was interesting. Again, I like to know how people got to where they are, what the trials and tribulations and victories were. Um, so it was nice to kind of listen to him talk about that because I didn't know. Um, it was it was it was a very well done episode. Um, he talks a lot about um, how he got into acting. Obviously, Baby Boy was his first movie and how John Singleton had to track him down to get him to to act and then how tight they were um which again I didn't know um but obviously John Singleton has since died so just listen to him talk about just their bond and their connection and how he pushed him as an actor and how John saw something in him before he saw something in himself so again really really good stuff all right so the last thing I watched was um, Disney Plus has a new show called Becoming, and it's a sports biographical docu-series. And it's more along the same lines of <laughs> these celebrities. Okay, wait first. First of all, it's ex- executive produced by LeBron and Maverick Carter. Um, LeBron also has a show on Showtime, I think it is called The Shop, that I love. It's very similar premise in the sense that it's celebrities sitting around talking, sharing their stories, experiences, and all of that other stuff. So this one is uh, a clean version. <laughs> it's on Disney Plus. And it, you get to meet various celebrities from all kind of stages. And they're sharing their life story. And they're entertainers, they're musicians, they're athletes. Like I said, everybody. But each episode, you get to meet a different celebrity. And they go back to their hometown and discuss their journey. You get to see their family, um, how they were you know, raised, and the significant people who made an impact in their lives over the years. And it's just inspiring. Um, so, far, so, far, so far, I watched um, Anthony Davis who is an uh, NBA athlete. He plays for the Lakers, which was interesting was I didn't know his name. I knew he was the tall guy in the NBA with the unibrow, but that was all I knew. (laughs) Like I didn't know uh, anything else about him. I didn't know that he was a twin. I learned that he has a twin sister. Um, So that was really dope to watch. And um, then there was Candace Parker, who was uh, in the WNBA and, um, I didn't know anything about her. And what was interesting was um, she was in a WNBA and very early on she got pregnant and people were just like, you know, your career is over and all, you know, they act like we can't have children and have a fucking life of our own. Like your whole world comes to a crashing halt when you become a mom. It's the dumbest thing ever. But I will say she did go on to finally win a championship after she had her baby and it did not take her a long time to do that. So... Um, it was dope to see her story. And then um, what's I watched one more. I didn't note how many episodes there were. Um, and then I watched, I want to call him Bumper. His name is Adam Devine. <laughs> I want to call him Bumper because that was his character's name in Pitch Perfect. So he shared his story and my mind was blown Um, He shares his love for comedy. So Pitch Perfect was his first movie. And as a child, he got hit because he crossed the road and he wasn't paying attention and broke both of his legs. And so um, that was uh, honestly kind of like the catalyst for his love and devotion for movies and television and comedy and stuff. So 
Um, it's a cool show. It's a great show for your kids to watch. It's a great show to watch if you don't have kids. It's just, again, another one of those inspiring shows. Not everybody comes from wealth and money and generations of fame. So a lot of these stories are literally everyday people like you and I who um, turn their dreams into a career that most of us get to see them do on a bigger stage. So that is it for what Mimi is watching. Okay, so this podcast episode is another where I just did not have a title in mind already that I wanted to go with. So sometimes they just roll off my head real easy, right? And I'm like, oh, on this week, I'm going to talk about this. And oh, this week, I want to do this, right? So I talked about self-care last week. I told you that was out of a need for myself. Um, But sharing like sickle cell was... September is Sickle Cell Awareness Month. So it's really easy to say, oh, I know about that. Let's talk about that. Um, But for all intents and purposes right now, I had kind of run out of show topics. And then life happened and I was like, oh, I know exactly what we're going to talk about on this episode. So my question to you is, do you consider yourself a feminist? Do you know what a feminist is? And do you feel like you have been left out of the feminist movement? So this topic came about in the strangest of ways. So what I did not share in um, the pop culture update was that um, on Friday, RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died at the age of 87 from pancreatic cancer. Um, Ruth was, (laughs) Ruth, I used to always say every time I would see like something about her that she had nine lives. And I swear to God, she had nine lives. She must have beat cancer at least like five times. Like you would hear, oh, she had cancer. She had treatment. Oh, she's back to work. Oh, she did this. She did that. Oh, she fell down. She's okay. She's back at work. Like like she really just seemed like someone who was going to live forever, even though she was a, a woman, a woman of a particular age. So she is the former uh, justice of the Supreme Court of the United States in case you live under a rock and you have no idea who RBG is. So um, because of that, it kind of got me like thinking to the point where, okay, so she died Friday night, it came out. And then my niece and I, my niece is 22, I think, um, were having this messaging conversation on Instagram until like 1 a.m. And I began to see all these, you know, everyone was all distraught that RBG died and, you know, she had done so much. And all of these things I began to see. And um, so the last time something happened to RBG and the world was posting about it, my sister sent me this video and it was a video from a black girl. I don't remember her name or anything, but, um, No, I don't think it was a video. I think it may have just been a static post. Anyway, her post was pretty much just about how so many people love RBG, but she has forgotten about black women. And so that has that has always stuck with me. I I, I always felt like she was a badass, badass. And without question, she was definitely a badass. But that kind of had always been a footnote that stuck in the back of my mind. And um, I watched the um, 
I think RBG is on Hulu. At this point, uh, a lot of other places might be showing it too. Um, I don't remember when I watched, but um, but I watched before before all of this happened. So um, if you haven't seen it, I would suggest you watch um, RBG. It was uh, very well done. And um, I think Netflix will probably show, like I said, I believe everybody is probably going to share it. But it was a good way to just get to know a little bit about her, her career, you know, her accomplishments and all of those things. And um, and I watched it and I enjoyed it. And obviously these things are all, um, they're all noteworthy things. And she was a trailblazer. She was a very proud feminist. And so it had me questioning myself like do I consider myself a feminist and then by definition by definition what is a feminist and then I wanted to know well how do people feel about this whole feminist movement thing so in a Washington Post article from 2018 there is a, a part of the article is talking about um obviously what she has accomplished but what she also failed to do so During her career, she has only hired one black clerk in the 25 years she was on the Supreme Court. Of the 13 years on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit, she never had a black clerk at all. So this was raised when she had a confirmation hearing back in 1993. And She is quoted as saying, if you confirm me for this job, my attractiveness to black candidates is going to improve. Yeah. Um, So, um, so, so, right. Okay. So she died. You know, whenever someone dies, people immediately begin to post about her. Now, also, this is an election year. Please make sure you're registered to vote. Please make sure you exercise your civic duty and you do vote. So it's. A duality kind of taking place here, right? Like this woman who was such a trailblazer is now gone. Also, this means that there is a seat available and this current administration will likely rush to pick who they want to replace her before we pick a new president. And then we stuck with them for the next forever. So that's a lot of, that was pretty much the two things right like this trailblazer this proud feminist is gone she accomplished so much she did so much for women and then the her available seat um being vacant okay so in my mind I don't consider myself a feminist um and by what I've seen I'm a little bit turned off by the representation of the feminist movement Um, I'll tell you why we'll get into that. So by definition, I went to dictionary.com and I just looked up feminist and, um, they list feminist as an adjective as advocating social, political, legal, and economic rights for women equal to those of men. And then as a noun, a feminist is an advocate of such rights. So there's that part, right? So I went to Wikipedia. Wikipedia says feminism is a range of social movements, political movements, and ideologies that aim to define and establish the political, economic, personal, and social equality of the sexes. 
Okay, there is that part. So I already told you I don't consider myself to be a feminist. So um, a couple years ago, there was a women's march and the women's march went on and it was like all over TV. And from what I saw and what I've personally experienced, right? So I'll be 41 next month. I have worked in corporate America and the federal government since I was 16. So, well, I had my first office job at 16. So I've always worked in an office field. Um, I've been in the federal government for the last 12 years of that. Um, And I have my own personal experiences. I have had um, some women uh, some white women in particular. I've not had any experiences or run-ins with black women, but I've had white women who um, treated me poorly. They treated me unfairly. Now, I'm not one who expects people to be my friends, but I'll never allow someone to disrespect me. Um, but I've definitely experienced white women, uh, for the lack of a better term, hating on me. I'm also not someone who feels like, oh, I got haters and all of this. No, but there was one in particular who went out of her way to say very disparaging things about me to other people. Now, for years, I didn't know this. This was someone that I, um, we didn't work on a team together, but we worked, we were supposed to be each other's backup, so to speak. And I would back her up with no issues, but I noticed that she would never do the same. And over the years, I would hear comments from other people that she had made about me. Um, oddly enough, she was reckless enough to even make them make comments to some new employees who I had not known. And then once I got to know them, they were like, oh, you know, so-and-so said, you know, so it was a lot of that. And um, I never addressed it with her or anything like that. Listen, um, that's a reflection of her as a person and her insecurities. It don't have shit to do with me. I've always been amazing at my job and no white woman, no black woman or any other woman can diminish that. However, with that said, I have noticed that a lot of women are proud feminists, but they do not carry that whole feminist support for black women. I feel like black women are left out of the feminist movement. Yes, all women should get equal pay. All women should be allowed to do what it is that they want to do. But they're missing the all women part. And that's why I would never categorize myself as a feminist because I feel like the feminist movement forgot about black women. And so like um, there was the women's march and I didn't go and um, the women had on hats to say, you know, grab me by the pussy because that was something Donald Trump said and all that other stuff. But when you see them out there and you see the signs, they don't read as supportive for black women or they'll they don't they aren't concerned about black issues and things of that nature and so that's why I'm like yeah that's not a group for me so I I wanted to know what other people thought about it so um, my niece when she and I were talking she had led some efforts for um, the students of color at her college and while she said that they you know they made some efforts like she kind of felt like those efforts may not last um that not everybody was fully on board with those efforts. And the crazy part is that in 2020, you still have to do this, that so many 
I don't want to say kids. <laughs> That's my first word. But they're, co- they're college kids, so to speak. Um, they had a lot of uh, inequalities because of the color of their skin. And hell, even as adults, like we're still going through this in 2020, the very things that people have been fighting for for years and all of that other stuff. So she and I, we had a really, really good conversation about it. So I posed the question on both Instagram and on Facebook. And I did get responses from white women and black women and uh, biracial women as I'm friends with all of these groups of people. And so the responses were very interesting. One of my favorites is from uh, a girl named Anika. And she said that she considers a feminist to be someone who believes in and fights for supports of equality of women. And she said she is a mega feminist to a degree. She also said that she feels like she's more of a womanist than a feminist, that she doesn't claim to be a womanist expert, from, but from what she's read, that's more like the black version of feminism, which has to account for race and social and economic matters. Um, so I hadn't thought about the womanist perspective, but I was glad that she responded with that because then it caused me to do some digging. So... um. In an article back in 2017, there was an article in USA Today, and there is a conversation about Alice Walker, who was a writer and activist, and she was saying that the struggle isn't new. Uh, the word, it was about womanist, right? And that the idea of a womanist isn't new, that decades ago, um, actors, Activist and writer Alice Walker coined a word that spoke to black women's special dilemma in the struggle for equality, and she used the term womanist. So a womanist, as Walker defined, is a black feminist or feminist of color, a woman who loves other women sexually and or non-sexually, but is committed to survival and wholeness of entire people, male and female. Um, And I felt like, okay, womanist now that I could get down with that definitely speaks to me I'm all about equality I think to diminish the rights of one uh, eventually infringes upon the rights of others so you can't be a feminist and not support black women you can't be a feminist and not support gays you can't say you're a feminist and then have a but I don't support x y and z because it is the totality and the equality of all people And if you ain't down for all people, then how can you be a feminist, right? Because by definition, this movement is supposed to be all inclusive, but you segregating and you picking the parts and pieces that you want to support, which is in turn what happens. And so, um, so in RBG dying, like this really, like really triggered the conversation in my head. Um, she accomplished some incredible things in her career and she definitely moved the needle forward for women right women can vote women were allowed to go to vmi and you could buy houses and you could have a job and work and be a mom like all this stuff right but there seems to be a gap when it came to issues that specifically plague black women right i feel like black women are always at the bottom of the barrel so Um, white men obviously have the most privilege and then there are men in general and then you have white women but then you have black women who are at the bottom and I feel like 
Black women are always the ones who have to shoulder the world. We have to heal the world. We have to be strong. Black women are strong because we don't have another choice. We don't have any options. We can't cry because we think a coworker doesn't like us. Well, we don't come to work to make friends. It would be nice if people were respectful of us, but we're not about to sit and cry. Whereas counterparts, I've seen women cry. I've seen white women cry in the office over some real dumb and petty shit. I'm gonna keep it all the way 100. And they frequently cry and become the victim in a lot of scenarios in which they started. We've seen this on TV countless of times. You've heard about the Karens on the news. Karens have been around for years, all of that stuff, right? You accosted me, you caused harm to me, but then you called the cops and now you're the victim? How, Sway? Right. It's, it's like that. So black women are strong without question. Hell yeah, we are. But it's, it shouldn't be a badge of honor. We're strong because we don't have a choice. That also means that we don't get a break. We're always shouldering the world. Black women showed out in record numbers and voted. Right. Our counterparts didn't. Well, they voted. They didn't vote for their interest. They voted for their husband's interest, which is how we got the administration that we have. Black women are supposed to be the healers. We're supposed to build up our men, support our black men. Who supports black women? Not feminists, not the feminist movement. If you believe me, I'm wrong. I got time. You could challenge me on it. We can definitely have the conversation. But you're going to have to come with some real solid and hard facts. I don't want opinions. I don't want what you think. You're going to have to show me some metrics. Come with your whole ass pie chart and numbers. Like, that's it. That's all. Um, Now, all white women aren't anti-black or anything. Um, I know some dope ass white women who support and rally for equality of all. Um, But we can't pretend like there's some that aren't. Um, so one of my other buddies, Mieko, Mieko is biracial. She and I grew up together and she said to her, a feminist is someone who's a positive female centric social shifts, conversations leading to increased equal power. I'm not a feminist as labeled womanist, if that's a thing, but I am all about femme power. So then the last thing that I told you I asked was, do you feel like you've been left out of the movement? So she said, it depends on which movement you're referring to. The femme movement is widely known, accepted. I support, but with a side eye, as it's not about those like me as a minority disabled woman. So, yep, as an example, 75% of me is left out of certain conversations. So that's her experience, right? So she has become disabled and she doesn't feel included and she's biracial. And so as a black woman... Um, She feels left out of that movement. So uh, one of my, uh, this girl I know, she's white, uh, Emily. Emily says, feminist is someone who believes females are worth fighting for. She says she unabashedly feels like she is a feminist. And the last question again was, do you feel left out of the movement? She says, sometimes I think women are so often anti-other women, even as they are spouting feminist ideals that bugs me i don't like labels or pigeonholing people especially women but like all people who are pushed down and around we turn on each other and it's a real shame so that's emily's um opinion and then there was dina dina's also um biracial 
And she said, to me, a feminist supports equal rights, opportunities, autonomy, and agency for all women and girls, regardless of how they intersect with other groups. To be racist or anti-Black is not feminist. To be xenophobic is not feminist. To be anti-LGBT is not feminist. Women intersect with all of these groups and more. So someone who doesn't support these groups cannot claim to be a feminist, in my opinion. Solid point. She does consider herself to be a feminist. And generally, she does not feel like um, she's been excluded from the movement, but sometimes. So those were just um, some opinions. I was really thankful to Anika and to, oh, uh, Mocha. Mocha had comments on other people's stuff. And Mieko and um, Stephanie also weighed in, Emily and Dina, for sharing their perspectives. Um, There is no wrong or right answer honestly it's being a feminist is a personal opinion and our experiences are all varied so my buddy Diana um sent me a message on Instagram and said that she had been giving my questions some thought and she still didn't have an answer um but she does believe that women should be compensated equally and given equal consideration um, she says she can change a tire and she doesn't need a man to do anything for her, but she doesn't feel like a feminist. Um, so largely our views are typically based on our personal experiences, our, you know, how you're raised. I think it's important for people to like, once you become an adult, to just get out and explore the world so, so that you do have various experiences with other people. Everybody should experience life with, a variety of people. Now, I was fortunate enough to go to schools with a variety of people. When I lived in the Bronx and both when I moved to the D.C. area, I was fortunate enough to go to schools that were very diverse. I could not count the whites, the blacks, the boys, the girls, the Africans, the Indians, whatever. I could not count them. And because I had that opportunity, it enriched my life um, in a big big way without me knowing it right because I was a kid like whatever these are the people I grew I grew up with these are the people I know but as an adult I like appreciate it even more because I got to learn about their cultures I got to learn about their backgrounds and the truth of the matter is we are definitely more alike than we are different but for some reason um okay so one of the things that Emily mentioned was women who don't get along now I know those things exist and there is definitely a stigma that women don't I have been very fortunate to have very very solid girlfriends in my life um or women in general I know lots of women who are supportive in a variety of ways so I don't have any like nasty or bad experiences in that light um But I can't just paint that whole picture with a broad stroke and say that everybody is. I can't say that there aren't times where I do feel left out. I was, like I said, very young in corporate America. And there were lots of times where I was the only black girl in the room. Um, There are lots of times where I'm the only black person in the room. And I definitely got to see how people move differently or even just being out in the public. Um... People have stereotypes and they will place them on you. And a lot of times they have no facts. (laughs) They don't base their opinions on anything. Sometimes it's just people repeating what they know. But I was not raised to be someone who felt like 
I couldn't understand somebody else because of their gender or because of their race or, or whatever. My mother didn't raise me that way. And even as an adult, my mother would give me the side eye and remind me that she did not raise me to be that person. But as an adult, not, I realized that not everybody is raised that way. So I challenge you to be inclusive, to be supportive of all women, not just the white women, not just the black women or Latino women, Asian women or whatever. Um, I encourage you to, um, <laughs> interesting. So since this whole, like, there's been more light on a Black Lives Matter, I've seen a lot of white women in the various groups that I'm in that said they don't know how to support the movement. Black women are women. We still people. The same way you support a cat and give them whatever and you want to save the whales and the sea turtle, the same way you show support to those things, the same way you show support to other women um, and vice versa. You should not have to question or second guess how you show support to another human being. At the end of the day, we all bleed the same color. Stereotypes are just sweeping generalizations. Like actually take the time to get to know somebody. Don't put your insecurities off on them. And if you are going to go for a movement and you are going to support the movement, you have to support the movement in its totality. You can't only expect someone to support you and you not do the same for them in return. Um, there's still a lot of work to be done in terms of the feminist movement, the womanist movement, the gender equality movement, hell, even the earth needs a hug and some help. Like there are just so many areas, but we got one universe and all of us are here and it's going to continue to go to shit if we cannot figure out a way, which should not be difficult and or complicated, to support one another. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care how many degrees you have. When the rubber re meets the road, none of that shit is going to matter. At the end of the day, you don't know if it's a broke person who helped you fix your flat tire or a rich person who helped you uh, fix a flat tire. None of that matters. All that matters is that person saw you were in need and they did not hesitate to help you. And I hope that when we see people in need that we don't hesitate to help them regardless of their gender, their age, their color, like all of that stuff. And put your fucking cell phones down. You can't help nobody by recording stuff. Like get in there and make a difference. Anyway, those were my thoughts and opinions about this whole feminist thing and, um, it was really interesting just to see people's opinions and their thoughts. Um, I think those kind of conversations, I don't deem it a hard, there isn't a conversation that's hard for me. Let me just go ahead and say that. But I do recognize that some conversations are harder for others than uh, they definitely are for me. But we can't be afraid to ask those questions, to have those conversations and to go back and forth. So I would love to keep the conversation going. Let me know if you feel like you are a feminist or if maybe a womanist is more uh, fitting for you or maybe if you don't come with a title. <laughs> maybe you're just a humanist and that is okay too. Um, so send me a message. It could be public. It could be private. You could send me an email. Um, you can just keep the conversation going using hashtag Mimi said what or you can email me Mimi at Mimi Cute Lips. 
MimiCuteLips.com. And obviously, I am everywhere on the socials at MimiCuteLips. But I'm really interested in, one, if you consider yourself a feminist or a womanist, what your experiences have been, and if you feel like you have been left out of um, a movement. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mimi Said What. If you like it, love it, and definitely want more of it, please rate the podcast and leave a review, especially on Apple. You can follow the podcast at Mimi Cute Lips everywhere on social. And as you continue the conversation, don't forget to use hashtag Mimi Said What. Until next time, cuties.